Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. KYW Original Podcasts. Ray Dittinger, the Eagles, I guess not shockingly, have a quarterback controversy heading to week 14 of their season. They benched Carson Wentz in the third quarter of yesterday's 30 to 16 loss to the Packers. Jalen Hurts came in and and he played well. What was your reaction to the Eagles sitting Wentz for Hurts last night? Well, um I mean the conversation had been going on around the city for a couple of weeks and given the way Carson Wentz had played this year, I can understand it. I mean, he was statistically the the lowest rated quarterback in the NFL uh, and over a period of 11 weeks. So that's a pretty good sampling. Uh, and you have a kid here uh, who you drafted in the second round that um, uh, hadn't really gotten a chance other than a play here and a play there. So, yeah, I think this thing was kind of trending towards that. So I wasn't shocked, especially with the way things were going in this game. I mean, at halftime, at halftime yesterday in Green Bay, uh, the Eagles had 16 net yards passing. Uh, so my feeling was that they would probably start the second half and they would give Wentz the opportunity to at least run a series and see if he could get something going. Uh, but if it, if it, if it didn't work, then I had a feeling, I had a feeling this was going to be, this was going to be the opportunity to get Hertz on the field. Uh, and not just for an occasional player, not just for a cameo, but actually let him get in there and run the offense. And he did. Uh, and you know, he wasn't perfect either. I mean, he took three sacks and wound up throwing an interception. But there's no question he he brought some life and he brought some spark to the team, which they desperately needed. And for a time, it actually looked like they might rally, they might rally and and win the game. But typical of the season, they fell short. But you know, I think we all kind of felt that the the team was moving closer and closer to this moment. And now here we are. So obviously, we can't read exactly what is what Doug Peterson and what his coaches are thinking. But in that second half, in that third quarter, wh- which moment do you think was was okay? That's it. We're going to Hurts. What do you think specifically led to this move? Oh, it isn't anything just in that that first series of third quarter. I mean, it's just been a cumulative thing. Uh, you know, he's uh, he's been struggling now. Uh, for the better part of the season, uh, and particularly over these last few weeks. And uh, they just really couldn't generate anything uh, in the game. They couldn't make a big play. They couldn't convert on third down. Uh, you know, Wentz looked uh, – He's one of the things that he had early in his career uh, was he had very good pocket awareness. He felt pressure around him. He knew when pressure was around him. 
uh, and he had a, a quickness about him that he was able to get out of trouble and save a, and save a play that appeared to be broken. Um, right now, he can't do that. I mean, I, one of the things that he's lost, we talk a lot about his lack of accuracy, which is pretty evident. But um, And we talk about his decision-making on his throws, which has been certainly called into question. But the thing that I notice is he just doesn't have uh, that that awareness in the pocket where he kind of feels what's happening around him and uh, and instinctively makes the right step or finds the right move or knows to throw the ball away. He's just he's just not he's not seeing it and he's not feeling it. Uh, and that was true. And that was true in uh, in this game against Green Bay. I mean, a couple of the sacks there, um, there was an opportunity to escape it, but he couldn't. Uh, and so I think it was just like one of those, okay, we've, we've seen this before. Let's put, let's put Jalen in there and see what he can do. And what you did see was, even though he did get sacked three times, uh, there were a couple of other occasions where he did feel the pressure. He did see the pressure. He escaped the pocket and got outside and either ran it himself for decent yardage or threw a really nice pass to Greg Ward to salvage a fourth and 18 and turn it into a touchdown. I mean, we haven't seen Carson Wentz make that kind of play all year. So I think at that point in the game, the Eagles didn't really feel like they were, had a chance to come back and win it. Uh, and so they figured, what do we have to lose? Let's put the kid in there and see what he can do. And he actually, I think he showed him a lot. So what do you think happens next? What should happen next? Who's starting Sunday for the Eagles? Well, um, we had on the postgame show, we had a split of opinion. Uh, Barrett Brooks uh, said, go back to Wentz. Uh, Seth Joyner said, I think they will go back to Wentz, but I would start Hurts. Mm -hmm. And I guess I was the contrarian. I said, I would go to Hurts, and, uh, and, I, and I think they will go to Hurts. Yeah. I, I, I just have a feeling that, that when the coaches, they, they, you know, the question obviously was inevitable. It was going to come up in Doug's press conference. And Doug said, well, you know, i got to look at the film. It's a big decision. Got to talk about it. He didn't come right out and say, no, it's Carson's our guy. We're going back with Carson next week. He didn't say that. He said they have to think about it. And, you know, I, I think they look at the fact that they got four games left in the season. I don't know that you can salvage Wentz's season at this point, even if he has a couple of good games. I mean, you're going to look back over the whole year and, and say this was a lost year for the quarterback. I think you've got to use these four games to find out what you have in Jalen Hurts. I mean, right now, you, you, you realize if, if Carson Wentz stays, you're going to have to devote this whole offseason to kind of rebuilding him. Uh, and that's something that's going to take longer than just four games. Um, so I think Wentz, Wentz is going to be a question mark the whole offseason, regardless of what happens the rest of this season. So why not put Hurts out there and get some kind of an idea of what he represents? You know, Wentz represents a conundrum moving forward. <laughs> uh, but Hurts, you don't know. I mean, Hertz could possibly be an answer, or with more playing time, you might find out he's not even close to being the answer. But you don't want to end this season with an enormous doubt over Carson Wentz and an enormous doubt over, over Jalen Hurts. At least let's get some idea of what Jalen Hurts represents before you go into the offseason and have to make some of those bigger decisions. A lot of questions yesterday directed towards Wentz, directed towards Peterson, about whether Wentz was looking over his shoulder this season, how much the pick of Hurts affected Wentz. And I know we're kind of looking back here, Ray, but looking back, going back months, why do you think the Eagles drafted Hurts with a second-round pick less than a calendar year after giving Wentz a historic contract extension? Um, I can't explain that to you because I can't understand it. Um, I, I didn't understand it at the time. 
and I frankly I don't understand it now. Um, when you make the commitment that they made contractually to Carson Wentz, you're basically telling the world that he's our guy. That uh, we've always said that he's a franchise player. Uh, we drafted him to be the franchise player, and we're now paying him like the franchise player. You don't follow that up by drafting another quarterback in the second round. I mean, it's it's illogical. It's illogical on its face. So if Carson Wentz was perplexed by it, I think we all were, you know. And the the fact that I wouldn't expect him to stand up there uh, and tell the tell the media, yeah, sure, that bothered me. Yeah, heck, I've been looking over my shoulder all year. He's never going to say that. But the reality is, he's human like the rest of us. And I'm sure he looked at that draft pick and said geez, what, what's this say about me? Or what does this say about what they think about me? Uh, and that's just something you didn't need to be planning in his mind at that time. Mm-hmm. Now, it's easy for the fan to say, oh, come on, they're paying you all this money. Uh, obviously, you're the guy. You know, what are you worried about? Uh, but, you know, if, if you're if you're a professional, everything changes fast in the National Football League. You know, the Jer- old Jerry Glanville line, NFL stands for not for long. Uh, and so... I don't think that that's the kind of thing you wanted to plant, even if it's in the back of the mind of your starting quarterback. Uh, And my question when they made the draft pick was, I thought you're only creating two possible scenarios, and neither one of them to me are desirable. If Carson Wentz came into this year and played like the Carson Wentz of 2017 and played 16 games and was brilliant, led the league in passing and took you to a Super Bowl, then you look at Jalen Hurts and say, boy, they wasted a second-round draft pick. Or the other scenario is if Carson Wentz, for whatever reason, be it injuries, whatever struggles, and now all of a sudden, at whatever it is, week five, week seven, week eight, week twelve, thirteen, you got a quarterback controversy. So you, you've either it, it it leads you to one of two places. It either leads you to the fact that Wentz is really good, in, in which case you wasted a high draft pick, or you've set the stage for where we are now, which is a quarterback controversy. I think this I think this whole thing was in play from the moment he was drafted and that's why I didn't think it was a particularly good idea. And I can't we, we can't know what exactly goes on inside the Eagles quarterback room because we're not there. But I have to imagine with all the protocols in this year, Ray, and, and the fact that it's not a normal year and they're not interacting together as they normally would. They're interacting remotely and through Zoom meetings, and they're not really getting to know each other like they would. I have to imagine it's really awkward right now. Uh, not not in a, like, uh, they, they dislike each other kind of way, but just really awkward as in one quarterback's replacing the other, one's playing really poorly, and they really, I, I don't know how well they know each other because they, it's, it's been all the COVID-19 protocols. Do, do you have a sense that this is just a really awkward situation going on right now with the Eagles? Well, sure, and it's, and it, and it's much broader than just the two quarterbacks. I mean, you're talking about uh, a largely uh, new coaching staff on the offensive side. I mean, you've got uh, a bunch of new coaches in there, too. Uh, I mean, Doug Peterson is still the same, and Deuce Staley's still the same. Uh, but you bring back Marty Morningway, who hadn't been here for a while. Um, they bring in Rich Scangarello from Denver. He's never been here before. Andrew Briner comes in as a consultant. you got Press Taylor, who's given the new role. Uh, and now you've got all these new offensive coaches, all these new voices, uh, and they can't meet in a meeting room the way teams have always met in the past. So you've got all these new coaches involved along with the two quarterbacks are trying to work out their own situation. Uh, and, and you're doing it via zoom. Uh, and it's, um, it's a, it's a very, very challenging situation. Uh, 
Uh, now, look, some teams around the league are everybody's facing the same. Everybody's facing the same challenges. Mm-hmm. And you look around the league, and some teams have coped with it pretty well. Some teams have coped with it very well. Uh, the Eagles are on the opposite extreme. Uh, I mean, it's 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 gone so badly for them. And injuries have been a big part of it. And and I, I'm not absolving Carson Wentz of his share of the blame because he's played very poorly. But a lot of plays he left out there on the field, a lot of open receivers that he missed, that's on him. But I think the circumstances around him have made – I think that a lot of people want to write him off and say, well, I guess that was just a colossal mistake. He's never going to be the guy we drafted him to be. I wouldn't say that. I, I mean, he's had a very poor year, but the idea that, that well, it's time for the Eagles to – wash their hands of Carson Wentz and move on. I'm not quite there yet. Mm-hmm. I, I, I want to um, take something that you guys did on the on the post-game show last night at NBC Sports Philadelphia. You unveiled it yesterday. And and, and please correct me if I'm not pronouncing this right. The ec- ex- explodometer, ec- expl- explodometer, what, <laughs> how did you guys end, what did you guys end up coming down to in the terms of the, the in terms of the ray ex- ex- head exploding meter, ex- explodometer, ex- explodometer, what, what did you guys come down to in terms of a name for that? Uh, I don't know. I mean, the, the producer of the show, the producer of the show, Mike Mulhern, is the one that came up with the idea of the explodometer. <laughs> the explodometer, uh, right? Yeah, which is, um, yeah, it, it's a graphic with uh, my head on it, and it has that needle that sort of goes back and forth, like somebody would have on a Geiger counter, uh, and it's um, uh, and it's sort of edging towards the point where my head's going to explode. <laughs> and that that was what I said a couple weeks ago, when when Michael Barkan. Uh, was reminding everybody that the Eagles were still very much in the in the in the in the pennant race for right. the NFC East. And, <laughs> you know, hey, listen, there's still you know there, and that was the week that the, even even though they lost, they still held on to first place. Yeah. Uh, and I I said, you know, if if you say that one more time, I'm going to throw something at you. <laughs> and then and then I then I further followed it up and said, you know, if I have to hear one more person talking about, well, you know, they're still in the playoff race. Yeah, I think my head will explode. Well. That's you know that's where they got the idea to create this. And yesterday they had the meter. They asked me where to set it, um, and I said it should just be not not fully not fully you know uh, over to the edge where it's going to blow up, but certainly edging into the red. So yeah. that's kind of where we are right now. But but thankfully, thankfully, I, I think that I don't I, I don't know that anybody now is even talking in terms of winning the division or right. getting to the playoffs. I, I think thank thankfully I think we're finally put that behind us, which was, I mean, that was a fool's errand for, for a month or, or more. So, uh, thankfully, nobody's talking about that. Everybody's just talking about the quarterback. All right, so I, I want to see if this, this is a particular fool's errand and see if the exploded meter uh, breaks through the, you know, with the, breaks through with what I'm about to present to you. And I got it from watching your show last night. I didn't realize, Ray, that the Eagles were so far down in the conference standings to the point where if Dallas beats Baltimore tomorrow – which, which, quite frankly, I actually think is possible. I, for some reason, I thought they played Pittsburgh. I think Michael thought they played Pittsburgh, too, and you corrected him and said, no, they play Baltimore. I think they might actually be able to win that game. Probably not, but they have a better chance than playing Pittsburgh. So if, if Dallas beats Baltimore tomorrow, then the Eagles have the worst winning, winning percentage in the NFC, which is only um, better than four teams in the AFC. And I looked at those four teams in the AFC. It's the Jets, the Jaguars, the Bengals, and the Chargers. Um, and their schedules are, are uncommon enough to the point where, in the long shot, 
that they all win out, and it's a long shot. The Jets are playing Seattle, the Rams, Cleveland, and New England, and we saw what the Jets did yesterday. They, they, they find ways to lose. They'll, but, find, they'll find a way to lose, yeah. <laughs> most likely. If the Jets, Jaguars, Bengals, and Chargers win out and the Eagles lose out, there is a remote chance, Ray, they could get that first pick. There is a remote small chance. Does that put the explodometer over the edge, <laughs> bringing that up, that they have a small chance at getting that first pick? Um, not really, because, well, I, I think that's a stretch. I mean, those teams, you know, the Jets, I think the Jets have zeroed in on, on 0-16, and, and I don't think anything's going to stop them. Uh, so I think they're going to get the number one pick, and I think uh, – <laughs> I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be a Jet next year. Yeah. I don't. I, you know. I mean, that that seems like it's almost been preordained from the start of the season, uh, and I don't think anything's going to change off of that. Um, uh, I don't. I, you know, I kind of think the Eagles aren't going to win any more games. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I certainly don't. Well, Arizona's kind of falling apart right now. Yeah. So you know, maybe you got a chance to beat them, um, but and. And Washington's playing halfway decent. I actually think Washington's going to beat the Steelers. I think I think Washington's going to break the Steelers' perfect season oh, okay. uh, in this game. Um, but yeah, I'm not. Uh, to be honest with you, I, I mean, I'm I'm sort of only vaguely aware of the draft. I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to sift through the rubble of this season first, and then you know I'll, I'll wait till it all shakes out and I'll see where the pick is. And I mean, it's such it's such a remote, 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 beyond remote chance that the Eagles could wind up with the number one pick then I'm not really even entertaining that thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. I hear you. There's still a lot of... It would be, fasc- it would be fascinating. I mean, if you got, if you got, I'm not even necessarily the number one pick. If you got the number two pick, sure. you'd be thinking about a quarterback too because, you know, Justin Fields from Ohio State would be a guy you'd have to look at. And, you know, now, now you've brought yet another aspect into the quarterback equation. Now you have Carson Wentz and you have Jalen Hurts and you have the next guy that yeah. you draft. Uh, so that's that's one of the reasons why I think that they really need to play Hurts these remaining four games and find out in, in, as best you can in the games that remain what you have in that player before you go into the off season and have to start thinking about whether you need to go get another quarterback to to, to replace the two guys you already have. You know that's that's a big decision and mm-hmm. it possibly could be one you have to make this off season. But so you you better have as much information as you can before you make that decision. Hence, another good reason to play Hurts. Uh, Ray, I'll, I'll close with this, and it's, and it's very sad news. Um, yesterday during the game, we learned that longtime Daily News columnist John Smallwood, who I enjoyed very much reading growing up and watching him on Daily News Live on Comcast Sportsnet, John passed away. And I know that you, you knew John. Um, any, any words or, or, or recollection of John Smallwood, Ray? Oh, many. Yeah, we worked together uh, at the Philadelphia Daily News for a long time. Uh, and um, uh, I didn't know John before he got there. Uh, he was a young guy, uh, had uh, a lot of enthusiasm, uh, had a lot of talent. Uh, and uh, and I, I just always thought that he was a guy that was very thoughtful. Uh, he was not a guy that was a, was a knee-jerk, reactionary kind of media person. Uh, he could criticize, but it was never mean or personal. Uh, and he could disagree without being disagreeable. And, you know, in, in today's media world, with the way things are working now, both in print and on TV and radio, uh, there's a lot of meanness out there. I'm not saying there's not, you know, they're not intelligent people. You know, there are. But there's, a, there's a, a meanness to, the, to a lot of what's said and a lot of what's written. 
Uh, and John was never that way. I mean, John made his points. Uh, and if he was going to criticize something, he would criticize it. And it was usually very well thought out and well reasoned. Uh, but it was never personal. It was never mean. Uh, and uh, I think that that's the kind of person he was. He was he was very thoughtful. Uh, he was uh, a real gentleman. And he was a class act all the time. And I like the fact that, you know, he didn't necessarily always felt like he had to be at the big event or he had to be writing the big story. You know, John, you know, John was a people person. I mean, he was more, he was more about the people than he was the games. Uh, and he wrote a lot about soccer and, uh, he liked soccer, but he always felt that soccer got overlooked hmm. and he thought that the soccer people got overlooked. So you look back over it. I mean, you know, John wrote a lot about soccer, uh, and, um, uh, and it was because he felt that those people deserved the same kind of recognition and the same kind of respect that the uh, that the Eagles and the Phillies and the and the other big teams, the quote unquote big teams, did. I mean, he, you know, those smaller people, those little people, were part of his world too. And I thought that that was that was a great a great aspect of his of his writing. But he was just a pleasure to be with. He was a pleasure to work alongside. Uh, and to see him pass at the age of fifty five makes me very sad because uh, he was. Uh, uh, he, he was a guy I enjoyed sharing a press box with. I'm sorry I won't ever get to do that again. Well, thank you for sharing that story about those stories about John Smallwood, Ray. Thank you for sharing those words. Um, it's very sad, and may he rest in peace. Ray, uh, yep. thank, thank you so much for the time as always, uh, and we will preview Eagles Saints Friday morning. Have a wonderful week. All right, I'll talk to you then, David. Talk to you then, Ray. Hall of Famer Ray Dininger of 94 WIP. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.